Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. And you can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of The Silent Men. The original air date, May the 7th of 1952, and the title is Missing Masterpiece. Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. in The Silent Men. National Broadcasting Company proudly presents Douglas Fairbanks' production of The Silent Men. Transcribed stories of the undercover operations of the special agents of every branch of our federal government and their relentless fight against crime. Now here is Douglas Fairbanks. The federal law enforcement agencies of the United States work in close cooperation with similar agencies in foreign countries. For only in this cooperation is there hope for a solid bulwark against international crime. This story tells how the French and American federal authorities combined to solve a difficult and baffling case. It was told to me by one of the commissioners of the Sûreté. In it, I will assume the identity of Special Agent Tom Manning, the file case entitled Missing Masterpiece, in which only the names and places are fictional. The man beside me in the car was Monsieur André Mondeau of the Sûreté. He was an art detective. For this assignment, he had the training and background. I had not. Uh, art is everything. Lights and shadows, colors and brushstrokes. Masterpieces and murder. Well, that runs the complete gamut, Inspector. And this <laughs> this picture we are looking for, is a masterpiece. And you say the theft was reported three weeks ago, eh? Oui. Le Comte de Montpellier came home from his trip abroad, and it was gone. You said before the painting would probably show up in the United States. You didn't say why. It has happened like this many times in the past. Well, that's not exactly what I'd call evidence. Ah, but, monsieur, I have evidence. Well, then let's hear it. Uh, here is the Comte de Montpellier Chateau. Um, before we go in, Inspector, don't you think you'd better... Tell me what you know. Oh, come, monsieur. We let the Comte tell you in his own words. The chateau was one of those unbelievable things you sometimes see in the movies. A uniformed servant led us into a huge study where the Comte de Montpellier stood ready to receive us. This, then, is the American detective? A special agent of his government, Monsieur Tom Manning... Le Comte de Montpellier. How do you do, Count? 
Please to sit down. You have told the American that I wish my picture returned at once. Oh, as soon as it can be arranged, Monsieur le Comte. Monsieur Manning would like the details of what you have told us. Ah, uh, I am weary to death of repeating them. But, about one month ago, an art dealer, Monsieur Carpentier, asked if he could bring a client of his to see my collection. You said he might. Oui. Mm -hmm. They came, and immediately this lady was drawn to my Corot painting. A woman, eh? Then she had the effrontery to try to buy it for $25,000. Uh, Monsieur uh -huh. Lecomte reminded her that such pictures were not exportable. Yeah. I dismissed the matter and they left. That week, I went away on a short business trip. And when I came back, I found this cheap imitation girl in place of my priceless treasure. This woman, you got her name? Oui, Mademoiselle Bonnet. I delayed Bonnet. A Frenchwoman? No, monsieur. An American... I persuaded the remnant of the French aristocracy to give us the imitation coho someone had so kindly left in place of the genuine article. Then Inspector Andre and I headed back to the city. Monsieur, you are satisfied that we have a case? It's worth an investigation. Hmm. What do you want me to do? We wish to take direct action, monsieur. And as an American citizen is involved... May be involved. We feel that you could best talk to her. Yeah. If she will return the picture to us immediately, we will forget this whole unpleasantness. I see. Uh, tell me, you know where she lives? Hotel La Rose. Drop me off there and I'll have a talk with her. If she's in. According to the clerk at the La Rose, Mademoiselle Banet of New York and Paris was not in her suite, so I sat around and waited for her. Surprising how much time an agent spends just waiting. I phoned the embassy and made a report to my chief. He told me to stick with it and do whatever I found necessary. About four o'clock, a tall, well-built blonde in her early thirties breezed through the lobby and up the elevator. The clerk gave me the nod, and in a few minutes, I was knocking on her door. Who's that? Tom Manning, a fellow American in Paris. I don't know a Tom Manning. That can be easily overcome. What do you want? To talk to you. Let me in, please. Who are you? Special agent, United States government. Oh. Oh, well, come in. Sit down, please. Thanks. May I fix you a drink? Well, this isn't exactly a social call. I suppose you've come to see me about the Count's missing Corot. Yes, he wants it back. What am I supposed to do? Open a trunk and hand it to you? Well, that'd help. Have you got it? No. You should know that. I've been followed every minute for the past two weeks. I've had my room searched as only the French can do it. You offered the Count $25,000 for the picture. Yes, I knew he wouldn't sell. So I made the grand gesture. You know it's illegal to export a picture of such importance. Of course. Art is my business. You represent the first galleries in New York, right? Some women come to Paris for gowns. I come for pictures. How long have you been here? Five weeks. Uh -huh. I understand you're sailing in a couple of days. Yes. Make some interesting purchases? Mm, I've accumulated the usual artistic nonentities for the carriage trade. Nothing exceptional, hmm? like a coral. No. Buy all your pictures in Paris? Look... My firm has done very well without resorting to international thievery. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Manning, I have to make myself pretty. Of course. Well, I'll be seeing you. Please do. After a time in the service, a special agent develops a special sensitivity towards the guilt symptoms a criminal might reveal when you're talking to him. In Miss Benet's case, they registered zero, and I was ready to call Inspector Andre, the art detective, and tell him to go sip an absinthe when, instead, he called me at my apartment. Hey, Monsieur Tom, I am very excited. Not me. I'm very unexcited. I spoke to the girl this afternoon. I got nowhere with her. She will not return it. Yes, she hasn't got it. And I believe her. Nevertheless, we will get it back, thanks to you. To me? You planted the thought in my head. I did? Hmm, about the imitation copy of Corot. Well, good for me. <laughs> I said to myself, Andre, if you can find out who painted this imitation, you can find out who stole the original. But there was no signature on it. Ah, why, artist is his own signature. The brushes he uses, the thickness of his colors, his style... These are signatures. Well, I'll take your word for it. So, this afternoon, I've gone to see some of the better experts in painting. And they have absolutely identified the work. No kidding. No. The imitation was painted by César Laval, a painter of some skill and no scruples. César Laval? Uh -huh. But that is not all. César Laval has been working exclusively for the Carpentier Gallery. Have you arrested Laval? No. He has left Paris very suddenly. Does that uh, not show guilt? It helps, but we've still got to find him. Oh, the Sûreté will find him. I have no doubt of that. By noon of the next day, every informer in the Parisian underworld was looking for the whereabouts of Monsieur Laval. About two o'clock, I went to the Carpentier Gallery to take a look around. A middle-aged sales lady approached me. Bonjour, monsieur. Is Mr. Carpentier the proprietor in? He is away on a short business trip. Perhaps I can help you. I am his wife. I don't know. A friend of mine bought a painting here by César Laval. You still have any of his works? Uh, oui, monsieur. This way, please. You are an American? Yes. These landscapes are his. Well, they all look the same. Almost identical, sort of a mass production. They sell very reasonably. Only 500 francs. If I trusted my own judgment, I'd say they looked, uh, well, pretty mediocre. Oh, he's no great artist, but there is a certain freshness. We have sold many of these to your fellow countrymen. You have anything else by Laval? Uh, no, monsieur. I understand Mr. Laval's an excellent copyist. I did not know that. Could you tell me where I might find him? Uh, no, monsieur. He is of the unstable temperament. He makes a few francs. Then he goes away. I see. You will take one of these Laval landscapes. Four hundred fifty francs? Mm, I think I will, yes. No, not that one. It looks like it's been scratched. Oh, that. Uh, some foolish gendarme thought he would find some masterpiece hidden underneath it. Uh, let me give you another one. Shall I wrap it for you? No, 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 thank you. Something else, perhaps, that attracts your eye. No, that'll be all. Here's your money. 
450 francs. Merci. You now own a genuine Laval. And for only 450 francs. Yeah. Someday it may be worth 450 francs. Goodbye. Merci, monsieur. Detective. following day, Miss Benet sailed for New York. In the meantime, we hadn't located Laval, the painter whose imitation Corot had been found by the Comte de Montpellier. Without him, this thing was going to be tough to crack. But finally, they found him. Hey, Monsieur Tom, wake up. Come to the door. What is it? Quick, let me in. Well, you look like you've got big news. Oh, we have found him. We have his address. Oh. Laval's address. Get dressed quick. Okay, give me a minute. Shave and a quick shower. And... Oh, this job, it does not matter if you are not beautiful. Allons-y. Allons-y. For two days, Laval had not left his room. The caretaker told me that'd been hiding. If your theory is right, then Carpentier had Laval paint the imitation Corot. Absolutely. Hmm. Ah. Well, we will walk. It's only around the corner. Ah, in a few minutes, monsieur, it will be over. I hope you're right. Ah, here is the place at the top of the stairs. Oh, this will be a great victory for the Sea of Day. Uh-huh. In the name of the Sûreté, ouvrez. Laval, you are under arrest. Looks like he's not receiving company today. Back. I'm going to shoot the lock off. Laval! Nobody's here. Let's take a look around. A few pencil sketches. Dirty dishes. Here's a passport. Hey, monsieur, quick! What have you got there? Behind this couch, look. Is... Is that him? Oh, bien sûr. The corpse of César Laval. You don't think the motive was robbery, then? Oh, no, 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 no. They made it look like robbery, but this was the work of a paid assassin. I know the trademark well. The quick knife thrust between the shoulder blades. You think this ties in with the missing picture? Laval dead is as important to others as he was to us, alive. Carpentier? Oui. What's the next move, then? We go to inquire about the very interesting passport Monsieur Laval used so recently. The one that says he visited Amsterdam only 30 days ago. We checked Laval's recent visit to Amsterdam and we learned some pretty significant facts. Laval had taken four of his own paintings with him. One of them, Inspector Andre was certain, covered the stolen masterpiece. Andre was sure Laval had shipped them from Amsterdam to New York to avoid too close a scrutiny by the French customs inspectors. So we went to Amsterdam and checked with all the shipping services. There was no record of any shipment to the Firth Galleries in New York. We stood on a street corner, tired and more than a little baffled. 
I tell you, Laval shipped the paintings from here. Not according to the authorities. They have no record of Laval shipping anything. Wait a minute. I wait? Maybe he got someone else to ship it for him as part of a larger shipment. Oh, you're right. He could have done that. Uh Uh-huh. Bought pictures in some of the gallery and sent them together. Yeah. Come, monsieur. We must go to visit the gallery. We divided the territory, and in the next four days, I acquired a liberal but painful education in the field of art. Everywhere I went, I showed Laval's photograph and the Laval landscape I had bought from Carpentier. On the morning of the fifth day, I went into a picture house that was doing a brisk business. Yeah? Some fine prints today. Perhaps some china. Uh, We ship all over the world. America, South America. No, I'm not buying today. Will you take a look at this landscape, please? I handled some like it not long ago. About five weeks ago, would you say? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Say, who are you anyway? You remember the man's name? Was it Laval? César Laval? I do not remember the exact name. Here. Take a look at this photograph. Yeah, that's him. I will never forget that face. Tell me why. He came in one day and bought a dozen of my cheapest canvases. He did not even look at them. They were atrocious, some of them. Then he had me ship them for him. Only the 12 pictures? No, no. He added his four own canvases, and I shipped them together. Where did you send them? Uh, Wait, I I will find the shipping bill. I keep good records. Such terrible pictures they were, even for the American trade. Ah, here it is. Sixteen canvases shipped to Mr. Alan Haskins. 1198 Longdale Road. Meadows, New Jersey. Inspector Andre wasn't in the hotel room when I got back. While I waited for him, I put through a call to New York. About an hour later, the inspector returned and I told him what I'd learned from the Amsterdam art dealer. Ah, monsieur... In one week, we will have the picture back. This has been a great day for you, Monsieur Tom. For me? Why? Why, you are completely vindicated. You say, uh, Mr. Haskins from New Jersey received the shipment? Yeah. Then you are right about Miss Benite. She is innocent. Uh, Before you bubble over, Inspector, I just spoke to New York. Ah, bien. You told them that we were coming, huh? Uh Uh-huh. And I got some information about Mr. Alan Haskins. Example? Mr. Haskins is half-owner of the Firth Galleries. So? And the other half is owned by Miss Adelaide Banai. Two days later, we were in New York instituting a nationwide search for the missing coho. But a week passed by and it hadn't turned up. In the meantime, I'd checked the reports on Miss Banai's activities since she got back to New York and there was nothing especially significant in them. Andre's early jubilation had changed to a bitter gloom. Well, I had thought for certain the buyer of the picture would shout to the world, Look, I have a coral. But if the buyer knew it was stolen, he wouldn't advertise the fact that he had it, would he? But what sort of insanity is this? To own a picture like this and not share it with others? It's possible, isn't it? Well, I think it's possible, I suppose. Hmm. Now, there's only one thing left for us to do. Confront the Miss Banet and demand the return of the painting. And give her a chance to warn whoever has it. Eh? Oh, we will not leave until she tells us. I am certain of her guilt. No, this is serious, monsieur. There is murder involved, too. But all the evidence is circumstantial. Unless we can find the picture. We will make her tell us where it is. 
I have methods. We don't use them here. Oh, monsieur, I implore you. Uh, this is your baby, Andre. And so, Inspector, voila. We are now in the sacred precincts of the Firth Gallery. Tragic. Just like you'd imagine it to look. The only spot in America where you can still see lorgnettes. Monsieur. What is it? Idea. Two of Laval's hideous landscapes. May I help you? Uh, these landscapes. Very interesting. Bachelor Laval. One of the outstanding contemporary French painters. Ah, the manager, Miss Benet. She is in? I believe she's in her office. We'll go see her, Andre. Perhaps I'd better ask her if she's free. Well, don't trouble yourself. Where's the office? Up those stairs to the mezzanine. Come on, ami. I'm getting impatient. Huh. I did not expect that she would display the Laval landscapes here. Eh, she's a pretty shrewd gal. She knew we might trace him to this place. And if we find the two missing Lavals, we find the Coho. Have they had time to restore the original painting? Oh, we. Oui. The antisocial Mr. Manning I met in Paris. The other gentleman I don't know. Inspector Andre of the French Sûreté. Quite a formidable team. Sit down, gentlemen. Mademoiselle, we do not beat around the bushes. I have come to take back the coal. I see. And all trails lead to me. Yes. Will you answer a few questions? I believe I have the right to refuse. That's right. Do you refuse? Not at all. Go ahead. Ah, and mademoiselle, Carreau's Sieur Le Lac was shipped here? No. Did this firm receive a group of paintings from Amsterdam, 16 canvases, I believe? Yes. Included in that shipment were four Laval landscapes? I believe so. This shipment was not consigned to this firm, but to your partner. Why? Mr. Haskins has been ill at home for some months. I wanted him to see the pictures before they were displayed in the gallery. Why were Monsieur Laval's canvases included in that shipment from Amsterdam? Mm, a matter of expediency. I had commissioned him to buy some cheap canvases with a Dutch flavor. He included his own paintings with a lot. You had four Laval's. We only saw two in your gallery. Where are the other two? Well, I sold them, of course. Ah, to whom? Well, I really don't know. They went out as cash sales. May we examine your sales record? Uh, you may not. May I make a suggestion? Certainly. After we're gone, contact your attorney. Explain to him the nature of our investigation. Tell him the following governmental agencies are vitally interested. The Treasury Department, the Department of Commerce... And the State Department. Mm, I see. And what do you think this consultation will lead to? The exact whereabouts of the two missing Lavals. We paid our return visit to the gallery next morning. The metallic Miss Banai was waiting for us. I had expected you earlier. We wanted you to have plenty of time to think it over. It didn't take that long. You consulted your attorney? That wasn't at all necessary. You asked for certain information? I got it for you. Good. One landscape was sold to a Mr. Andrew Holt, West Darien Drive, Long Island. Get that, Andre? Oui. Holt. Is that the railroad man? I believe he is. Ah, I haven't heard his name for 15 years. I thought he was dead. He's very much alive. Does he buy here often? No. 
And the other one went to a Mrs. Elizabeth Burton, 1461 Parkway Place. Aha, now we are getting some places. Then we rode out to Mrs. Elizabeth Burton's home on Parkway Place. She led us into her study where the Laval was hanging. Andre examined it minutely and he told me it was a Laval and nothing more. From there, we went to Andrew Holt's estate on Long Island. And it was an estate, complete with iron gates and a long, curving driveway. Hmm, it's a formidable place, this Monsieur Holt's residence. Secluded, isn't it? Hmm. Hmm, hope we have no trouble getting in. He's not exactly renowned for his hospitality. Well? My credential, sir. Hmm. Special agent. What do you want here? We are interested in your paintings, monsieur. My paintings are not for public view. You'll have to wait until I die. This is not just idle curiosity, sir. This is an official call. I see. Well, come in. You are interested in one specific painting? A Laval landscape. Come this way. Hmm. Monsieur, why do you keep your pictures covered? That is my business. They belong to me, and me alone. Here is your Laval. Hmm? Huh. Oui? That is it? Do you mind if we take a look at some of your other paintings? They are not for public view. Their coverings are removed only for my eyes. I'm sorry, sir. We must see them. For 15 years, I've shared these with no one. Not even a servant. Remove the coverings, please. Oh, a Rembrandt. Yes. The dancer. I've spoken to her many times. On a lonely evening, we talk together. Another one, please. Rousseau's sunset. Monsieur, you keep these hidden from the unhappy eyes of the world? Rousseau's sunset. How young it makes me just to look at it. You see those two lovers? The man is I. Mr. Holt, you can save us a lot of time. We'd like to see Corot's sur le lac. Corot's sur le lac? <laughs> How I wish I possessed it. What I would give for it. You do not have it, monsieur? No. Unfortunately, no. We looked at every painting in his considerable collection. He owned a million dollars worth of masterpieces, but there was no Coro to be found. In his eerie way, Mr. Holt introduced us to his collection as though they were living beings. Before we left, Andre stood before the Laval painting again. I saw him take out his little penknife and make a quick, tiny scratch on its surface. Then we left and got into the car. Stop when you get outside the gate. What for? He has it. In the house, I'm certain. What makes you think so? That Laval painting you saw me testing with my knife. Yeah? It isn't a Laval at all. It's a copy of a Laval. 
A copy of a copy? Hey, done only recently. Probably yesterday. Look, look at the pigment on my knife. Huh? Wet and fresh. Banay had one made for him in a hurry when she knew we were closing in. We. Oui. We will wait till it is dark. Then we will go and get the coal. Well, why not now? Oh, you'll see us coming and hide it again. And it won't be hidden tonight? No. When he thinks he is safe, he'll take it out to gloat over it. Like a miser with his gold. About nine o'clock, we made the window and let ourselves into the kitchen. We moved cautiously down the corridor towards the study. The door was open. Inside, a studio lamp was shining brightly on a picture. In front of it sat an old man talking to him. You will like it here, Mr. Creole. I will be good to you. You will never want for light or air or companionship. We moved quietly into the room. We will have many talks together. And I will see what you have hidden in your shadows. And I will get to know the mystery of your power. I guess we might as well. Oui, monsieur. Such sentiments. I almost weep, poor old. Hey, oui, monsieur. That man is as close to happiness as heaven will permit. This is Douglas Fairbanks again. Adelaide Benet paid for the criminal offense of smuggling objects of art into the United States. Luckily for her, she had no connection with the murder of César Laval. For this crime, Monsieur Carpentier of the Carpentier Galleries in France made a final accounting. The recovery of the stolen masterpiece closes another chapter in the distinguished chronicles of our silent men, the special agents of all branches of our federal government who daily risk their lives to protect the lives of all of us. Next week, we will tell you a story involving heartbreak, fraud, and the United States mail. In the file case entitled, The Miracle Cure, another venture undertaken for our protection by the silent men. The Silent Men is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. The file case, The Missing Masterpiece, was written by Lewis and Russoff and transcribed in Hollywood. Only the names and places were fictional. Featured in our cast were Ben Wright, Eve McVeigh, Robert Boone, Sally Cassell, and Byron Kane. Your announcer is Don Stan. Douglas Fairbanks is presenting Betty Davis, Gary Merrill, and Emlyn Williams in the motion picture, Another Man's Poison. Listen again next week and every week to other exciting cases involving the law enforcement adventures of the special agents of our federal government. For they are the silent men. Welcome back. Well, an interesting episode. The ending does tie into an idea that I heard expressed in one of G.K. Chesterton's Father Brown story. That the collector is related to the miser. I don't think that is necessarily true. In this case, it was. Because in a lot of hobbies, the value of having 
a given item is being the only one to have it. And certainly that can be true of art. You know, I have often thought that there's some of that going on with old-time radio. That there's some room uh, that's like this room in the Silent Men, but only for transcription discs. And they sneak down there and turn the volume up and put a transcription disc on and sit and listen and smile, knowing that they're the only ones who can hear this particular story. As I get older, I'm a little uh, less likely to think that a whole lot of that's going on. I, I think that there's almost none of that going on. I think it's more likely that people who collect old-time radio that hasn't, haven't been digitized either aren't aware of digitization or it's something they've been like, you know, I really should do that. But to uh, digitize old-time radio from a transcription disc to MP3, particularly if you want it to sound good, you're going to do some cleanup along with the digitization. I've uh, heard of some of these, you know, digitization projects, and it's taken, in some cases, months for even, you know, a team of volunteers to start digging through some of these collections. So I'm now less apt to believe that there are a lot of old-time radio misers out there, and more apt to think you've got uh, some people who uh, think of, thought about it might want to do it, but just are never going to get around to it. All right, well, I do have a reminder. We actually only have three more episodes of The Silent Men left. Uh, so after that, we'll be bringing you Top Secrets of the FBI, which will be a one-week program, and then uh, Squad Room. And after that, we'll be getting into Tales of the Texas Ranger. Now, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to uh, Martin, Patreon supporter since September 2017, currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Martin. Well, that will do it for today. If you are uh, listening to this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification box. Or bell, I should say. Join us back here on Monday for Casey Crime Photographer, and then Tuesday, a previously uncirculated episode of not beat, and then next Saturday we'll be back with another episode of The Silent Men. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.